0: we mm-hmm. funny thing happened to me while I was digging through a, uh, back issue box the other day. I realized that, uh, not only am I X-Lapsed, I'm also, uh, Major X-Lapsed. How's it going, everybody? This is Chris. Welcome to episode one of Major X-Lapsed. It's gonna be a, uh, short side series to, uh, the main X-Lapsed program, uh, probably drop one of these a week for the next several weeks here as I work my way through this uh, somewhat bizarre and divisive little series on my journey back to uh, X-relevancy. This is an X-book, and uh, it's one that I almost completely forgot existed. Um, I remember there was a a little bit of a to-do about it last year. Um, Some of my friends actually were very, very excited for it. I... Took a little while to come around to the idea Not out of any sort of, I don't know, knee-jerk distaste for it I was just very happy not reading Marvel books at the time I had uh, left my Marvel fandom at the door And uh, had uh, gone elsewhere for my four-color entertainment So, didn't want to get sucked back in And uh, by the time I came around to the idea of trying this book out it was like a week old, and it had already, like, skyrocketed in value. I remember seeing people, you know, putting it up on auction sites for, like, 20, 30 bucks. It was ridiculous how quickly it went up, and it really speaks to the, uh... speaks to the power of felt doesn't it? Where, uh, this is a fellow who can make pretty seismic waves in the sales charts. So that's, a uh, that's pretty cool. Um, but I figured eh, I missed it. You know, I missed my shot, and, uh... Then I kind of just forgot about it, and I feel, I feel like a lot of uh, the fans kind of forgot about it. This was pretty huge news for uh, like the week it hit, and then it kind of just went away. I, I couldn't have told you how many issues this thing ran. I couldn't have told you much about it. Um, even on the main X-Lapsed program, I assumed that Major X was going to be revealed to be Young Cable. And I thought that's how the whole Young Cable thing happened, uh, was as a result of the Major X series. And I was advised, no, 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 that's not what happened at all. So uh I kind of just filed it away in the back of my mind and figured one of these days I'd get around to it. And as luck would have it, I was flipping through a back issue bin the other day at a local shop, and this was a... uh this was like the back issue bin. That's at the very end of the back issues, where nothing is sorted. It's like all the new stuff they just got in that they're that they haven't yet filed, right? So I'm digging through, and because uh, I'm looking for titles for another project I'm working on, which are fairly recent books within the past couple of years. So I figured, hey, maybe they'll be in there, and uh, they weren't. But lo and behold, Major X Number One was in there, and it was only six dollars. And I assumed, I'm like, oh, this has got to be like a second, third, or fourth print. But no, it was uh, first print, six bucks. I was like, yeah, I could do that. So I figured, what the heck, <laughs> I'll give it a shot. And I've run into uh, like subsequent issues of uh, Major X at various places, used record stores, bookstores, you know, even the regular comic bins. And uh, for me, I'm like an all-or-nothing kind of guy, and I figured... If there's no way I'm going to be able to find Issue 1 for a reasonable price, then I don't need to own any of the rest of it. Maybe I'll just buy a trade somewhere down the line. But, uh, but no, I came across this first issue and was very excited to find it. And, uh, was able to fill in the rest of the run for a a reasonable rate. So I was happy to do so, and, uh, I was very excited to to check this out. It's been a long time since I've read a Rob Liefeld book. And, uh... I know there's probably people rolling their eyes right now, but uh, Rob Liefeld is a uh, is a sort of comfort food for me, coming up as a 90s fan of comics, a 90s X-Men fan, and an early image fan, for that matter. So this is a, uh, a source of comfort food for me, and uh, I was really looking forward to finally seeing what the big deal was. You know, um, I'd heard... I'd heard... Good things in that it's exactly what I would be expecting it to be, and I've heard bad things in that, well, it's exactly what you'd expect it to be. So we're going to find out exactly what that is right now when we read Major X Number 1. This had a June 2019 cover date. Words and Pencils, Rob Liefeld. Inks, Rob Liefeld, Adalso Corona, and uh, Dan Fraga. Old Fraga Boom, huh? Colors, Romulo Fajardo Jr. Letters, VCs, Joe Sabino. Edits, Bisa White Cebulski. Cover price, $4.99. This one went on sale April 3rd, 2019. Now, we open at Xavier's, and there's a narration box titled Traveler's Log Number 0, 1991, which introduces us to a force to be reckoned with. Shatterstar and Domino have been taken out, and we flip the page to find the man responsible this his major X, and he currently has his foot pressed into cable's face before we go any further though let's let's get into this a little bit i love the use of 1991 in the traveler's log um and it's mostly clear here that this story is taking place back in the long ago now if i'm remembering right and i very well might not be the x books with a cover month june 2019 like this book I want to say they were in the early bits of the Age of X-Men crossover event, so it's not really like, you know, we could really be working with the then-current, you know, timeline here. Um, now, the X-Force members we see here, they're in their, like, New Mutants number 100 era attire, which further helps to inform us as to, like, the when of the story. Um, Major X's design, I can't help but to like it. Uh, I mean, I don't want to come across as an apologist or anything, but... Uh, it's a decent enough design here, um, and I assumed from the color scheme, this is like when it was first being solicited, you know, as a uh, as this miniseries, I assumed he was going to be revealed as a take on Deadpool. Um, the helmet here is evocative of Cyclops' very unflattering X-Visor from the post-Avengers vs. X-Men era, but is a, you know, bullet-shaped helmet rather than a face-hugging head sock. I think it works better this way. Back to the story, Cable warns the kid to give up before things get further heated. Major X reminds him that he just got his butt kicked, and uh, he asks what year it is. Thankfully, the Marvel sliding timeline precludes Cable from actually answering that, because it'd be kind of tough. A gray-furred beast then breaks into the conversation, informing the Major that there are no others on the Xavier School grounds at the moment. The Major then tells him to try and access the Cerebro cerebro computer system. Now, this distraction gives Cable all the opportunity he needs to uppercut the Major and regain the upper hand in this conflict. Cable then accuses Major X of being part of Strife's Mutant Liberation Front. The Major informs Cable that Strife is no longer a problem where he comes from. And he also refers to Cable as a legend, and he says it's an honor to cross swords with him here. Cable ain't wanting to hear none of this spoo, and he goes to blast the bejesus out of the major. Just then, the gray beast hops in and knocks Cable off his feet. Cable wonders if this is, in fact, Hank McCoy, and we'll find that out soon enough. Beast tries to reason with Cable a bit, claiming they're only here because they need help saving their home. Cable ain't got no time for that either, and so he literally shocks the beast into, I don't know, stunnedness or something? He then prepares to the body slide by three. However, before he can do so, the Major is back in action. Major X then slices off Cable's left hand with his sword. With Cable on his butt, the Major informs him that, you know, they're not enemies. Not sure why the Major decided to sh- show this by beating the hell out of Shadowstar and Domino, but what are you going to do? The Major explains that he's here because he needs Cable's help. You see their world where they come from is collapsing and Cable might somehow be able to give them an assist. Cable really doesn't want to discuss any of this, and he goes into body slide mode again. However, before he can finish his command to Gray Malkin, Major X KOs him with a punch. The Major then peeps the carnage around him and suggests that yeah, this probably could have gone smoother. He tells the Beast that their time here is limited, but Hank is hopeful that they'll you know figure it out because well, they kind of have to, if they want to save their world. Now, speaking of their world, let's ho- head over to Flashback Land to find out a little bit more about it. It's a place called The Existence, and that's x apostrophe Instance. This bit is narrated via Traveler's Log 01990, which is another cool nod. Also, our man here, he's riding his mother bike through a place called Sector 86, which might be a reference to Cable's first appearance in New Mutants number 86, February 1990, in the next issue box. It was a cameo. Uh, New Mutants 87 is definitely what most people consider the first appearance of Cable. It has that iconic cover, and that is usually cited as being Cable's first appearance. But it's worth noting that Rob Liefeld himself apparently cites a variant cover for Deadpool number 10 as being the first appearance of Major X, and not this issue. So maybe cameos and whatnot count. I know my pal Chris Bailey, who owns a copy of Incredible Hulk number 180, would probably agree. Anyway, it's here we see Major X and his mother bike just ripping across a desert landscape and around mountain paths. It's all very high octane sort of stuff. The Traveler's Log clues us into the existence, well, that is the word existence without the X and hyphen, of something called the and that's X hyphen essential. That's X-sensual a being, an organization, or something that has provided peace and unity for all of mankind. The existence, that is, X-instance is a safe haven and sanctuary for all mutants. Now, the Major's ride is interrupted by an incoming transmission from headquarters. We see a beefy, bald fella trying to warn the Major that entire territories of the X-Istence are currently crumbling and the essential, who's apparently a him, cannot be located nor is he responding to any attempts at contact. Then the beast shows up and tackles Major X. The Major refers to him as McCoy, that is M apostrophe K O Y. McCoy has been sent to track the Major down but didn't seem to know that the existence is collapsing nor that the essential is missing. So why is he trying to find the Major? Who knows. The existence begins to shake, everything around our heroes begins to collapse, and so McCoy and Major X hop on the mother bike and beat a hasty retreat. They approach a cliff where the Major has the idea to attempt a very dangerous warp slide. McCoy worries that his buddy is out of his mind, and then I think he poops his pants, but I can't be sure. The mother bike soars off the cliff while our heroes can hear the screams of their now dying world we see a cluster of cameos here from, I'm assuming, prominent residents of the Existence. I don't recognize all these cameos that we're seeing, but I do see The Thing. I think it's Namor there, and maybe some Atlanteans? I swear one of them is Vogue from Youngblood. Anywho, the mother bike manages to warp slide, which, I'm assuming, explains how Major X and McCoy made it to the 616. Back in the present, or the relative present, that is to say, not the Existence, Major X has stood over Cable's KO'd body and is narrating via Traveler's Log 01992. He comments that Cable is most essential, that is the word essential, not X-ential, to his history, and we'll soon find out why. Before he and McCoy can plan their next move, they find themselves under attack by Wolverine. He's in his brown and tans, which uh, further plants this story somewhere around New Mutants No. 100, X-Force No. 1. They fight for a bit. McCoy attempts to intervene. However, Logan is on is in full-on berserker mode at the moment. Wolverine goes to swipe at the Major, but his claws are deflected by the Major's sword. You see, it's forged out of adamantium. So I wonder, are we going to see Major X in X-sword's? Hmm. Now Major X reveals that his sword, the sword that he wields was actually fashioned from Wolverine's own bones sometime in the future. The fight with Logan is all the distraction Cable needs to well, recover and shoot Major X in the back. It's not terribly honorable a move, but uh, any old port in the storm, right? He warns Major X to stand down and to start talking, which, you know, was pretty much what Major X wanted to do anyway. He's just there to talk, after all. Major X has no problem with the peaceable solution, and he tells the X folks that he will spill the beans. You see, his homeworld is crumbling, he needs help, yada, yada, yada. Before they can get too deep into coming to terms, however, poof, Deadpool shows up. Well, make that Dreadpool with a D-R. He's been hired by a benefactor, which is kind of how all early Deadpool appearances went. He's here to find the major and to make a carpet out of McCoy. He introduces himself as the, quote, grim and gritty type, which I'll admit made one of the corners of my mouth lift a bit. Before Dreadpool and Major X can go at it, Cannonball makes his presence known, blasting into the baddie's back. Dreadpool responds by tossing an adamantium bolo or something at him, which manages to break through Sam's field and tangles him up good. By now, Domino's recovered enough to enter the fray, but she's knocked out within a couple of panels. Next, Cable and Dreadpool duke it out, with the former asking how the latter knows of the Major. In response, Dreadpool just sings a little bit of Blue Oyster Cult's Don't Fear the Reaper, Cable isn't impressed, but I sort of am. Wolverine then lunges at Dreadpool, but winds up getting the Sam Guthrie adamantium bolo treatment. They're really jobbing these ex-folks out, aren't they? Dreadpool then threatens to turn McCoy into a carpet again. Well, actually, this time it's a throw rug. But who am I to, you know, I'm not going to split hairs here. Now, Dreadpool faces off with the Major. But this is short-lived, because now it's time to introduce the real deal Deadpool who somehow arrives in the danger room on a motorcycle. Okay, well, we'll allow it. The pair of DPs then start punching one another, with the real one getting the upper hand. He asks who this familiar stranger is, and he wonders which Wilson he might be. And yes, he does suggest it might be Slade. Which, yes, I'll admit, made me smile. Realizing that the tables have turned just a bit, Dreadpool decides it's time to bug out. This leaves the rest of X-Force, including Warpath, who we hadn't seen to this point, and the real-deal Deadpool, but somehow not Wolverine, to chat up the Major and hopefully get some answers. Now, Major X explains what the existence is, or was. He cites the x as being their source for survival. He reveals that he's here because he needs access to some particular technology from this era. Now, somehow, Cable now seems to know exactly who this helmeted fellow is. Though I couldn't even hazard a guess as to how that could be. We wrap up with the Major unhelmeting and revealing his identity. He is Alexander Nathaniel Summers, the son of Cable. All right, so let's talk about this. I know Major X is somewhat divisive topic, written and drawn by a somewhat divisive creator. Uh, I mentioned that I found this in a uh, back-issue bin the other day, and I shared a picture of the cover on social media that day. And honestly, I was kind of taken aback by just how negatively received it was. I mean, (laughs) only a few people commented on the story. That kind of told me everything I needed to know. Uh, But it was very, very negative. And I wasn't expecting that. Even though I know that there is a divisiveness and I know that there are there are camps out there that have very strong feelings one way or another, I wasn't expecting the reaction that I got. And I almost took it personally. <laughs> I didn't know what I did to piss people off. Now, let me get my feelings on Rob Liefeld out of the way, okay? I don't want to come across as a comics commentating contrarian, and I'm not looking to score any brownie points because... Rob ain't going to listen to this, but uh, I've been reading comics for over 30 years, and I still get excited when I hear that Rob's coming on a book. Okay, Off the top of my head, the only time that I wasn't was during the New 52, but that was more of me just being anti-DC at the time than actually being anti-Liefeld. Maybe also that two-issue arc on Teen Titans that Gail Simone wrote, too, but I might have been part of the hive mind at that point. I don't know. Now... To me, Rob Liefeld is a comics fan's comics fan. He's a guy who found a way to live the dream that so many of us had or have. He got to go up the ranks and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in comics before actually becoming one himself. Is there a single one of us who would turn something like that down? Of course not. I really don't understand the knee-jerk reaction to him in particular. Uh, I feel like... Anytime Rob comes up in conversation, it's usually preceded with somebody saying, "I think we can all agree that Rob Liefeld." Dot dot dot. I don't know. And again, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate, nor am I trying to blow sunshine. I think I just think Rob's probably a good dude and has good intentions for the comics he creates. I can't ask for him a whole lot more than that, you know. And I've talked about my early. Days of comics fandom and how Rob Liefeld loom large, and I've told the story about Rob Liefeld, man, that I'll spare you all, but uh, I'll I'll link to a YouTube video where I where I share that uh, that story here, where I uh, went to buy Youngblood number one and it was twice cover price on release day, but uh, I'll, I'll spare you all here. With all that out of the way, let's talk a little bit about this issue. This isn't Jonathan Hickman's X Men. This isn't Grant Morrison's X-Men, this isn't Chris Claremont's X-Men, but I don't think it's supposed to be. This is the sort of thing that I would call popcorn comics. Um, It's high action, and as much as I hate to describe something by citing a decade, it's unabashedly 90s. I, too, am unabashedly 90s, so yeah, I kind of dug this. I enjoyed this for what it was, because I wasn't expecting it to be what it wasn't. Does that make any sense? (laughs) I mean, I didn't go into Major X expecting anything but what we got. I figured this was going to be a bunch of Liefeld-created or co-created characters, some popular X-Men, and a lot of fighting and action. That's what I expected, and that's what I got. Are some of the trappings here kind of baffling? Sure. Were there convenient leaps of logic? Plenty But, and again not trying to be a contrarian That's exactly the sort of thing you should expect When you plunk down a $5 bill In exchange for this comic book If you bought this Expecting for it not to be what it was I really don't know what to tell you If you hate bought this Well, I'm sure Rob appreciated The extra of sale As for the story, it's pretty PC That I'll admit We'll undoubtedly talk more about that as we work our way through the series But for now, everything's kept fairly nebulous You know, it's kind of all over the place I feel like a lot of books are kind of all over the place after their first issue But uh, they might get a little bit more of a pass than this one does (laughs) For whatever reason that may be Um, Let's talk about the art Again, this is Rob It's not my favorite art, not by any stretch but if I were to suggest that part of me doesn't get at least a little bit excited when I see it, I'd be lying to you. So many of my earliest days in the superhero fandom were informed by Rob and rob art. I mean, his style was the style, you know? And uh, it's hard to really contextualize that with how exciting it was to see something as different as Rob's work, because the Marvel and DC house styles, which were great... I mean, you you couldn't tell what month of the year, what year of the decade you were in sometimes because it all looked very, very samey. When you have someone like Liefeld coming on to New Mutants, and it's just so different. It's so exciting. It's just... It makes you feel like you're looking at something special and different. And I know there's a lot of people out there probably rolling their eyes right now at me, but uh, this is what I came up with. You know, I came up... I started reading the the superhero comics in the early '90s. This is pretty much my wheelhouse, right? Um, This just takes me back to a time where I wasn't so cynical about comics. You know, seeing this made me feel like I was, you know, 11 or 12 years old again. I wasn't trying to overanalyze every little thing. Well, I mean, even back then, I would analyze things that might make a book more valuable in a price guide but I wouldn't find myself so caught up in the scenery and trying to see symbols where they might not be like I am today. This was, you know, 1991, 1992 was a happy, happy time for me, a time of discovery, you know? I had this whole new world of comic book heroes right there in my face, and I loved every single second of it. I'd like to think that a book like Major X was created for people just like me. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, and that's okay. It is right up my alley, and you know what? That's okay, too. It's not something I'd want to read forever, and this probably isn't an issue that I'll read any time again soon. But there's something about it that takes me back to a magical time in my life. I hope that fans of my vintage—I mean, I'm 40 years old— I hope fans of my vintage can try and put aside their cynicism for a minute and give this a try, knowing full well what it is and what it isn't. And I think you probably won't be surprised by the story, but you might be surprised by the experience. And I think that's all I got to say about Major X Number 1. Now, if you'd like to get a hold of me, you could do so. On Twitter at Ace Comics or Weird Comics History at Gmail.com. You can find show notes and stuff at Chris's on Infinite You can find the main X program at X You can find us on Facebook at 90 X Men. And you can find the full audio archives of the Chris and Reggie channel at Chris and Reggie.Podbean.com. I think that's where we'll leave it for this week Uh, We'll come back uh, somewhere down the line To continue Major X-Labs We'll get through the whole series eventually I want to thank you all so so much For hanging out with me And lending me your ears for this half hour I very much appreciate it And I I look forward to feedback I'd like to hear from folks Um, Again, I'm not here to be an apologist I'm not here to blow sunshine I'm not here to be a contrarian I'm just here to tell you what I like So... Till next time, as always, thank you, and I will talk to you again real soon. See ya!